Hey, everybody. Welcome into the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, Carson, what's up, man? What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Um, we we had a little bit of technical issues with uh, Mr. Scott for tonight's episode, so we're going to have to postpone that for a little bit. So uh, apologies to everybody out there. But uh, nonetheless, we're going to keep rolling here, and I think we've got still one heck of a show because, AJ, the baseball world was not light on news this week. Uh, no, it was not. Um, yeah, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, on a, uh, on a side note, uh, the hell with Apple. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Um, yeah, so we will, I promise we will have, uh, George Scott on, uh, probably within the next, um, couple weeks, hopefully. Uh, we got the issue sorted out. We just weren't able to have him on tonight. Um, also, one other quick note of housekeeping. Um, due to some scheduling issues, we're going back to our uh, Monday-Friday schedule um, instead of Monday-Wednesday-Friday. So, yes, that does mean one fewer episode per week. However, uh, the good news for all of you is that means uh, the episodes will be the two episodes we put out will be just uh, packed to the brim with awesome content. Um, so without further ado, let's dive right in. Um, Carson, uh, Miguel Cabrera, um, one hit away from 3000, uh, which is obviously just a ridiculous and incredible achievement. Um, he was one hit away, uh, and then the Yankees did a Yankee thing. Yeah, the the Yankees uh, walked Miguel Cabrera in his last at bat of today's today being Thursday when we're recording uh, today's game. But um, it wasn't just that he was walked; he was intentionally walked by the Yankees uh, after the game. Aaron Boone had said that. Uh, He liked the matchup of Austin Meadows against a left-handed, I believe it was Jordan Montgomery that was pitching at the time, Uh, and he liked the lefty-on-lefty matchup. Um, He did at least acknowledge that uh, he was a little bit uh, torn about it, and it was a little bit harder to make that decision than usual, which I was shocked to find out that Aaron Boone actually has a soul. But, um, but, yeah, this was... um, not very well received by Detroit fans. Uh, very loud boos. Uh, and a chorus of Yankees suck uh, erupted at Comerica Park. But uh, kudos to, to Miguel Cabrera, who also said after the game, like, you know, he I understand why they did it, you know, but at the end of the day, we got the win, and that's all that matters to me. So kudos to Cabrera for handling it like a professional. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from Miguel Cabrera. No. Uh, aside from being one of the best baseball players ever, uh, the dude's always been classy. He's always been a stand-up guy. Um, as for Mr. Aaron Boone, uh, oh, also on a personal note, it warms my icy little heart to see someone, a crowd, fans other than Red Sox fans, chanting Yankees suck. Um, that's just, just nice to see. Uh, those are the kind of things that make you feel warm and fuzzy all over. Um, as for Boone's, uh, well, I'll call it an excuse because that's what it was. Yeah, he liked the matchup. I'm sure that's why he did it. I mean, 
come on. Am I the only one who sees right through that? Uh, Aaron Boone intentionally walked Cabrera because Aaron Boone didn't want his precious Yankees to be the team that gave up his 3000 Cabrera's 3000th hit. Um, which is utterly ridiculous because, and maybe it's just me. Uh, yeah, it would, I mean, I can, I can kind of see where it would suck to be, you know, to give up a milestone hit like that, but, um, maybe it's just me, but shouldn't the Yankees be more concerned about winning the game? Uh, Carson um yeah and I mean like like we kind of talked about a little bit Aaron Boone did say that he liked the matchup of Meadows versus Montgomery uh Meadows has historically been uh has historically struggled more against left-handed pitchers so maybe that actually was part of his thinking of just trying to trying to get that last out because I believe this was in the bottom of the eighth that this happened so um, it could have been just, you know, liking the matchup Meadows struggles against left-handed pitching. Um, but uh, the the Tigers Twitter couldn't have put it any better. Essentially, Karma is saying Karma is sweet and uh, Meadows would end up coming to the plate and uh, hitting a two-run double. So uh, the Tigers... Love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, kudos to Miguel Cabrera, like you said. Um you know, one of the greatest players to ever swing a bat, but just an overall tremendous human being um, from all accounts. Mm -hmm. And uh, even even A.J. Hinch after the game had said, you know, I probably would have done the same thing if I was Boone. I get what he was trying to do. You know, no hard feelings, at least from my end. But uh, I don't I don't think uh, Tigers fans can say the same. Uh, no. Um, as for me, I'm sticking to my guns and I will die on that hill. Um, however, Aaron Boone's whatever move aside, I mean, it's inevitable. Cabrera's still one hit away from 3,000. Um, hopefully he, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not current on the Tiger schedule, but hopefully he'll have another shot to do it at home, um, in front of home fans. Cause that would, you know, anytime, Anytime as a fan you get to witness something historic like that, it's just uh, it's it's incredible. It's an amazing experience, and it's one of the things that uh, these kind of milestones and this kind of history is one of the one of the many many things that I love about baseball. Um, I was uh, I was lucky enough to witness a no hitter at Fenway. Um, so from on a from personal experience. Um, this stuff is just awesome. It's just an amazing experience. Uh, Carson, have you ever been lucky enough to, to see a milestone or anything like that? Um, I haven't seen one live, but um, I got to the, the last one that I can think of was uh, I watched uh, Joe Maurer's final game. That oh, cool. Was, um, that was kind of not necessarily, you know, a milestone in a sense, but right. um but that's still a historic yeah, moment. Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, it it gave me goosebumps when uh, before the game he came out in in his catcher's uh, catcher's gear and and caught for a little bit there. It it gave nice. me some goosebumps when he got the standing ovation from everybody. Ooh. So that was that was a Man, really I'm, cool moment. I'm getting chills just hearing you talk about that. Um, yeah, I mean, these are the kind of stories and the moments that are unique to baseball. Um. 
you know, like, like I got to see, I was lucky enough to go to uh, John Lester's first game after he came back from, from kicking cancer's ass. Uh, and let me tell you folks, there was not a dry eye at Fenway park that night. So, um, you know, these are just the things, these, these moments and these milestones and whatever else you want to call them. Uh, to me, this is what, these are the kind of things that set baseball apart from everything else. Um, so obviously Cabrera is going to get 3000. Um, hopefully he gets it done at home. Uh, Carson, do you think anyone is anyone else even going to come close to 3000 anytime soon? I mean, I know, I think I read somewhere that Nelson Cruz is the next closest. Um, huh? Yeah. I don't know about anytime soon. Um, as far as Nelly Cruz goes, it would not surprise me in the least if that man's 3,000th hit is another home run because nice. the dude still somehow is able to just hit for so much power in his at his age, which is insane. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, we I... could be looking at a little bit of a drought here for, for that milestone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think it just seems to me like... Uh the era of of guys hitting getting 3000 hits is just i don't know like i mean the game the game's obviously changed you know it's in a, and it's evolved so um but isn't isn't cruz he's what he's got to be what about 40 ish yeah like 40 41 probably and he's i think i saw if i remember correctly his hits are like He's hovering around like 1950 or something. So he's got a ways to go. Um, but um, yeah, he's hitting. He has 1923 hits. Oh, yeah, he's got a ways to go. Uh, I think maybe 2000 is more doable. Um, but I mean, 2000 hits is obviously nothing to sneeze at. Oh, absolutely so. not. That's still an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um but uh yeah. Um congrats uh to Miguel Cabrera. Um it obviously it honestly couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh and from Detroit we go to the Field of Dreams field. Um MLB again this year is having the Field of Dreams game. Uh I don't remember the teams participating off the top of my head um but another cool little addition this year the field of dreams is also going to host a minor league game uh and carson one of the teams is tied to your to your beloved twins yeah yeah it's pretty exciting the uh, the twins high a affiliate the cedar rapids colonels are going to get to play at the field of dreams which is uh which is really cool to have even a minor league affiliate of the twins affiliated with a game at probably one of the most famous baseball fields in, um, in the country, in the world. And I mean, if, if they, if the Cedar Rapids colonels walk out of the cornfield, that would, <laughs> that'd just be the cherry on top. I am ashamed to admit, I actually didn't even think of that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that would be pretty spectacular. Um, these Field of Dreams games are just, they're just awesome. Um, Carson, I don't, maybe you remember better. Did we talk about Field of Dreams when we did our 
when we talked about baseball movies a few, uh, well, more than a few episodes back now. I don't remember. I think we mentioned it slightly, but it wasn't it wasn't near the top of our list. And also, after doing a little bit of research, I believe that it is the Reds and the Cubs who will be in the Field of Dreams game this year. It takes place on ah. August 11th. That's a pretty interesting. Those are I think those are two good teams um, to get to play on such a big stage like that. Yeah, that could be an interesting game. I mean, the only the only problem I have with it now is that the Reds don't have the star power that they did when yeah. this was announced. Like in the, in the little promotional thing that I see here, Jesse Winker is like right there, and obviously <laughs> he is now a member of the Seattle Mariners. So, but um, mm-hmm. overall, I mean, still, you know, a game being played at the Field of Dreams is just such a cool experience to have and um should be yeah. very exciting yeah the field of dreams games and and the the games played in williamsport home of the little league world series are also really cool um i forgot about those those are awesome. yeah i i love it i i just really i love when baseball does stuff like this um just i sound like a broken record but this is just another this is just another one of those things that that sets baseball apart and and makes me love baseball so much. Um, but uh, very cool moment for these and should be a, a really cool experience for these minor league teams to get to play on that field. Um, and also, as an aside, uh, for anyone listening who has not been lucky enough uh, to watch Field of Dreams and... If you haven't watched Field of Dreams, why the hell haven't you? Um, it's a fantastic movie, um, and I highly recommend it. Uh, Carson, are, are you a Field of Dreams fan? Oh, I love Field of Dreams. It's easily one of my favorite baseball movies. Um, watched it a lot growing up. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I, I echo your sentiments. Highly recommend it. If you've never watched it, find a story. I'm sure it's on a streaming platform somewhere. Find a streaming platform, yeah. find a DVD copy, watch this movie. Because if you love baseball, this is a must-watch movie. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um and it's just a even if you're well, <laughs> even if you're not a baseball fan, which if you're not, why like, well, if you're not a baseball fan, why aren't you a baseball fan? And if you're not, Welcome to the best damn baseball podcast on the internet. Um, we will get you. We will be. We will make you a baseball fan. Um, <laughs> uh, but fair warning: if you're going to watch Field of Dreams, make sure you have a box of Kleenex handy because there are a few uh, pretty pretty touching moments. Um, which I won't spoil anything, obviously. Um, but yeah, do yourself a favor: go watch Field of Dreams. And from the Field of Dreams, we go to La La Land. Um, Shohei Otani, the two-way phenom superstar, insert superlative here for the LA Angels uh, of Anaheim or whatever they're going by this week. Um, (laughs) Carson, some rumblings. Shohei Otani, dot, 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 AL Cy Young contender this year. I think he could certainly uh, make his way into contention. Now, obviously, we are still very, very early in yeah. in the season. Um, Absolutely. 
I mean, right right now his his stats aren't the greatest. Uh, four forty ERA in three starts, but he does have twenty six strikeouts, which is Oof. a very good number for three starts. Um, but you know, obviously we're we're way too early in the in the season, I think, to try and make predictions as far as the award races go. But he should absolutely oh, yeah. be in contention. Yeah. Uh yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> we know we know how early in the season it is. It's still April. Um Yeah, by no means are we predicting anything concerning these award races. We'll do that much much later in the season. Um but uh I yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think Otani absolutely has to be in the conversation even though even with it being so early. Um the dude is just ridiculous. Uh, just ridiculous and so much fun to watch. Um, and on a side note, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the LA Angels are in first place in the AL West. Eight and five. <sighs> Ahead of my Seattle Mariners. Um, but that, that won't last. Uh, that'll change. Well, but uh, here's the thing. I think we both would agree we'll take it because the baseball world needs to have Mike Trout in the postseason. The baseball oh, world yes. needs to have Shohei Otani in the postseason. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, if memory serves, the Angels have not made the playoffs since drafting Mike Trout. I don't believe so. Which is a goddamn travesty. Um, yeah. Uh, as much as I want... As much as I want my Mariners to win that division, uh, and if you missed our prediction episode, uh, pause and go back and listen to that, and then come back to this one. Um, uh, I'll spoil it for you. Uh, the prediction episode, uh, I picked. I not only picked the Mariners to win the AL West, I picked them to win the whole enchilada. I picked them to win the World Series. Um, and so far, that prediction seems to be panning out very well. However, um, back to Otani. Uh, if Otani, if Otani wants to win the Cy Young Award, well, he's going to have to go through my boy Robbie Ray, uh, the reigning AL Cy Young winner. And I, for one, uh, that would be a hell of a Cy Young race to watch. Um, uh, Carson, any other names that maybe we should throw into that AL Cy Young hat as you know being in the conversation? Ooh. Trying to think of some, but it might it might just be a little bit too early to tell. Early, yeah, that's um, fair. Because I mean, there are there are some guys I think who should be in contention, but are very much struggling right now. Um, the name that immediately, if if he was struggling anymore, he'd punch me in the face. Uh, Garrett Cole <laughs> comes to mind. Oh God! My God! Yeah. Um. Yeah. What a train wreck. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's way 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 too early to put together a list of candidates. Obviously. Um. But if I had to, if I repressed, um. And I'm gonna let my bias show here. Uh. I I might go Native Aldi. Uh, Native Aldi of, of my Red Sox. Um, hell, I could think of two or three guys on that Red Sox staff that I uh, I would put in that conversation. But again, it's obviously way, way, way too early. Um, it's okay, everybody. Calm down. We're not. We're not. 
disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. It is way too early we're, to we're have not that conversation. Any predictions. We're not. Yeah, this is not us making AL Cy Young predictions. Um, not yet. We've got a long way to go to do that. So we're just we're just spitballing. We're just we're just spitballing here. That's all. You know, speaking um, of uh, Robbie Ray, a name that just kind of popped into my head, Logan Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Has got yeah. a phenomenal start to the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, he absolutely has. Um, okay. Uh, break time for us when we come back. Oh, boy. Uh, the Oakland A's set a record. And, well, let's just say it's not the kind of record you want to set as a major league. Well, as a professional sports team in general. Uh, and then another head-scratching signing, another baffling move by the Colorado Rockies. Uh, all that and more when we come back. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning stretch dot wixsite.com slash podcast hey everybody welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with aj and carson uh if you're tuning in hoping to hear our epic interview with george scott the third um a thousand apologies uh long story short we ran into some technical difficulties uh we are we are definitely still going to have him on uh it'll just be uh later than uh on a different day um so sorry about that everybody um but don't worry have no fear uh we're just cranking out another awesome episode for all of you um and the oakland a's (laughs) well the oakland A's set a record and well it's not this is the kind of record that you do not want to set as a professional sports franchise um they their uh their most recent game wa- was attended by a whopping and no this is not a typo 3748 fans um now i'm not sure how everybody how good everyone's math is but that oakland coliseum is a pretty damn big place granted it's an old dilapidated literally falling apart place um but this was Carson. This was the A's lowest attendance mark since 1980. Yeah, this is just absolutely wild. And I think even either before or after this, there was a game with over little over 2,000 fans. So it got even lower, which is just wild. Their AAA affiliate had a higher attendance on the same night than the Major League Club, which is just bonkers. I feel bad for A's fans. I feel bad for the A's players because, you know, we've, AJ and myself, we've both been inside of baseball stadiums when they're packed and rocking. The fans' energy, people may say, oh, you know, I don't know what difference it makes. Having fans that are engaged and having a sold-out stadium arena in whatever sport it gives that team just a little bit more energy knowing that they have the crowd behind them and hearing those cheers and having the crowd pumped up. It gets that adrenaline kind of firing on all cylinders. 
So I feel bad for A's players because now, you know, the team is clearly rebuilding. The fans are clearly sending a message that they don't want want to be a part of that. But, um, heck, if you're in the Oakland area, you could probably score some cheap tickets to a baseball game and get some pretty good seats apparently right now. But, yeah, you could probably go to the stadium the day of the game and get tickets. Um, can't say that in too many MLB cities. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just... To say this is pathetic is an understatement. Um, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, I, I'm 100% behind the A's fans. Uh, I can think of a couple other cities in MLB where fans should be doing this. <coughs> Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I mean, the A's, it's, it's been pretty well documented this offseason. I mean, they basically just, they started selling off the whole team. Um, so... I mean, sure, like teams go through rebuilds. It happens. It's a normal part of the sports of any sport, really. Um, but this is this is just. Oh, it's sad. It, it makes me sad. It really does. Um, sad for the players, sad for the fans. Um, and as far as this triple A affiliate, you know, the Las Vegas Aviators um, having a higher attendance that combined with uh, a few episodes back, I talked about. Uh, so the A's were A's in the city of Oakland are trying to build a new stadium because obviously the A's are probably more in new, more in need of a new stadium than any other team in baseball, um, except maybe Tampa. But Tampa Stadium isn't actually falling apart, uh, and there's it's turned into this whole mess. Uh, the city of Oakland and the A's are fighting with the with the dock workers and the and the, the dock people, the port people, and everything. Um, you guys can uh, pause and go back and listen to that episode um, to hear the full story about that. But Carson, um, this AAA affiliate, the 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 Las Vegas Aviators having higher attendance, the stadium problems in Oakland, uh, kind of feeling like a perfect storm here. Um, are, are we going to have the Las Vegas athletics, uh, here in the next couple of years? We should. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves as historic as the Coliseum may be. And as many moments as it's hosted, especially during the money ball years, that place is a dump. It's, <laughs> it's just not a good stadium anymore. Um, Oakland needs the the athletics need a new stadium from all indications. It looks like the city is not a huge fan of that. So at this point, why not try and get a fresh start? Go to the Vegas market. We've seen Vegas do very well when the Raiders moved there from Oakland too, might I mm. add. So they could become siblings again, sort of. Mm. Um, they, they've had tremendous success since going to Vegas. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, the NHL team, has come in and had tremendous success. Um, you know, it might just be time for a fresh start for the athletics, as hard as that may be for a lot of uh, Oakland residents and Oakland athletic lifers to hear. I think it mm -hmm. might just be time for that team to have a fresh start because when you're seeing attendance numbers like this, it's just, like you said, it's just sad. It really is. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Um 
Yeah, honestly, if there, uh, if there's any, I mean, I can, I can think of, I can think of a few teams uh, that are sort of primed for relocation uh, in MLB, and but I, the A's, honestly, the, honestly, the A's for me are at the top of that list. Um, yeah, that stadium, the stadium in Oakland is just, it's pathetic, um, and it's been that way for a while. I mean, that's why the Raiders moved. Uh, that was their, that was reason numero uno for the Raiders pulling up roots, moving to Vegas. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I was, uh, Carson and I were talking about this before we came on air, and I was saying that uh, when the NHL was first talking about expanding to Vegas, I thought, right, hockey in Vegas. Uh, have you heard about a little team called the Arizona Coyotes? Um, and what happened to them? Like, why would you put a team in a similar, uh, but Vegas has turned into this ridiculous. Vegas is a sports city. Um, uh, Carson, I, I don't know about you, man, but I'm just blown away by how much Vegas has exploded into a sports town. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think it makes sense though. I mean, you've got, You've had a tremendous amount of people moving there in general, uh, as the as the gambling scene has kind of risen. You know, obviously you get the tourist traffic, and uh, now it's pretty cool that part of the part of the tourism of Las Vegas is wanting to go to a Raiders game or to a Knights game. Yeah, I mean, obviously sports betting being legalized pretty much everywhere, and um, I think you can even. Uh, I think even the, the I'm not sure about the uh, oh the name of the Golden Knights Arena is escaping me at the moment. Uh, yes, thank you, T-Mobile Arena. I'm not sure about there, but I know for sure at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play, uh, you can do your sports betting, your wagering right at your seat, um, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, I think it's high. I think it's. I just think it's past time for. Vegas to have all four uh, major sports. Um, Adam Silver, if you're listening, uh, get an NBA team to Vegas like now. Um, sucks for Oakland fans, though, doesn't it? To, for them to lose another team. Yeah, that would that would be a bit pretty big blow, and who knows if they'd ever even get a team back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they lost. They obviously lost the Raiders. Uh, they even hell. They even lost the Warriors. The Warriors moved to San Francisco. Um, and now, if they lose the A's, damn. Yeah, that would be that would be brutal. Um. So I mean, here's hoping everything works out. I mean, I would love nothing more than to see the A's get a new stadium and stay in Oakland, if nothing else, for the sake of their fans. But. Uh, I don't know, folks. I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to be talking about the Las Vegas A's. Uh, or maybe they'll change the name. I don't know. Hopefully not. But we'll be talking about the Las Vegas A's within the next year or two. So we'll see. Um, and from Oakland, we go to Colorado. Uh, my home away from home. Um, Carson, another another head-scratching move for the Rockies. Uh Starting pitcher Kyle Freeland signed a five-year, $64.5 million deal. Um, guess he doesn't care about winning anytime soon. Yeah, it's certainly a, certainly an interesting move considering, uh, you know, Freeland right now is 28 years old. 
So this extension locks him up till he's at least uh till he's at least 33, which is, you know, obviously again young in in uh the overall perspective of life, but for a ball player that's that's starting to get up there, especially for a pitcher, you'll have concerns about loss in velocity, control, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um overall he's he's been a a decent pitcher for for the Rockies. His best year though was back in 2018, so that's a little bit concerning at least for me. Um mm. somehow some way he finished 2020 and 2021 with the same ERA of 4.33. But um overall, yeah, Freeland's been a pretty loyal guy for the Rockies, been a guy who can eat up innings most of the time. Um more so more kind of a contact pitch to contact guy i think um he yeah had 105 strikeouts last season in 23 starts so i'd consider him more of a pitch to contact guy but um it, it is a little bit of a confusing extension i think from from the rockies and rays side of things but uh you know here we are yeah um yeah, he's not a he is definitely not a guy that's gonna go up there and just blow guys away with strikeouts. Um I think maybe a little bit of a uh for anyone who doesn't who's who doesn't know this already, uh Kyle Freeland is a Colorado born and raised boy. So um I don't think it's well, this is coming from me, so take it with a grain of salt, but I don't think it's crazy to say that I don't think it's crazy to say that he could have made a hell of a lot more money out on the open market. Uh, so maybe a little bit of a hometown discount here. Um, but all in all, I mean, again, I have no, I have no fucking clue what the Rockies are doing in terms of personnel. Uh, we talked about the, you know, the Chris Bryant signing uh, quite a, you know, earlier in the, earlier in the show um, in a past episode. Um, don't know what they're doing in Denver, but, uh, Hey, if I was a, you know, if I'm a Rockies fan, I'd be, I'd be pretty damn happy, uh, that Kyle Freeland is sticking around. So, um, yeah, not, not really much more to say on that. Um, good for him, uh, got himself paid. So, and, um, really just really awesome to see some loyalty, um, uh, Carson, I think uh, a couple episodes back, we were talking about how loyalty is kind of lacking in baseball these days. So, um. yep, absolutely. That's another thing that I love about this is you know uh, another guy who, a guy who actually wants to to stay and uh, is loyal. Because let's let's be honest here, the I think a lot of predictions are that the Rockies aren't going to do well this season. Um, they've started off pretty strong, but but I think a lot of projections are that that is eventually going to tail off. But um, like you said, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, so I'm sure he was a Rockies fan growing up. So I'm sure, you know, being able to, if I can try and access Kyle Freeland's mind a little bit here, pitching, <laughs> pitching for his childhood team has got to be a dream come true in itself. Yeah, that's pretty damn awesome. And you don't uh, you don't see that very often. Um, so good for Kyle Freeland and good for the Rockies and good for Rockies fans. Um, all right, everybody, we're going to take our second and final break. Um, 
And boy, do we have a doozy of a third segment for you. Uh, why does Tommy Pham want to fight Luke Voigt? Uh, and why Luke Voigt would kick his ass? And, well, brace yourselves, everybody, because I've got a rant coming. And, uh, spoiler alert, it's directed at my beloved Red Sox. Uh, well, no, I take that back. It's directed at the Red Sox front office. Um, yeah. So prepare yourselves for that. Um, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be right back. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning slash podcast. Hey everybody. Welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. And here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, into our third and final segment. Uh, Man, I've said it once and I'll say it again, Carson. Uh, These episodes just fly the hell by. Um, It's nuts. It's kind of crazy, actually. Um, Or maybe it's just me. Does it feel like we do this for like five minutes or what? No, yeah, it it really does feel like it it flies by. And I think we've already been at this for for just about an hour so uh, yeah it's been a minute it's but they're they're always a lot of fun and hopefully all of you out there in the eighth inning stretch audience have as much fun listening to to these as as uh we do recording them because we have a we have a lot of fun uh yeah well well said um yeah we have so much fun doing this uh it should be illegal um I, i'm pretty sure this is illegal in like 10 states uh, how much fun we have doing this for you guys. Um, oh, uh, quick housekeeping note. If you're tuning in expecting uh, to hear our epic interview with George Scott III, um, a thousand apologies. Long story short, we ran into some technical problems, and we are going to have him on on an upcoming episode, just not today. Uh, so sorry about that. But um, we've had a hell of a show, and... Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, we threw this thing together at the very last minute. So, uh, you be the judge, but I think we're doing a pretty damn good job. Um, Tommy Pham and Luke Voigt. Uh, we got a little, little, little spat, little bad blood boiling. Um, so if you guys missed it, uh, Luke Voigt, the Padres first baseman, uh, slid into catcher Reds catcher Tyler Stevenson and injured him. Uh, Carson, I I think it's fair to call it a. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go as far as as dirty. Uh, but I, I I think it's fair to call it a questionable play. Yeah, I'd I'd say it was questionable. Um, like you you kind of understand Voits where Voits headspace is. Um, I'm sure he's just. Tr- thinking okay i got to try and get stevenson to um to to let go of this ball and um you know stevenson did his job got himself in the way of the base path uh voight goes to take the slide and there's a big collision uh but i think tommy fam would uh disagree with us um he called it uh dirty af after the game and said that he wants to uh fight luke voight which um I don't think that would go as well for him as he thinks it would. Uh, no, 
if there if these two are gonna if there's gonna be a fight between Tommy Pham and Luke Voigt, uh, yeah, my money's on Voigt. Bet um, house on Luke Voigt. Yeah, Voigt would absolutely fucking wreck Tommy Pham. Uh, that said, I gotta give Tommy Pham a lot of credit for sticking up for his teammate. Um, absolutely. That's again broken record but that's one of the things that makes baseball so special and sets it apart uh guys on a baseball team i would i would make the argument that players on a baseball team are baseball teams are probably the closest you know closest and most tightest knit and you know kind of the have each other's back kind of thing um but I do disagree with his assessment of dirty AF. I don't think it was dirty. I think it was it was a tough play. Um, I don't, Carson. I don't know about you, but I didn't see any intent in, from Voight. Like he wasn't going out of his way to hurt Stevenson. Yeah, like you know, like we like I talked about a little bit earlier. It's just one of those plays in baseball that's kind of a bang bang play. Stevenson mm-hmm. did his job to try and protect the plate, make sure Voight was out. Voigt did his job of trying to get to the plate, potentially knock that ball loose. Um, and I'd also like to point out that we may not have to wait long for this fight because the Reds and the Padres play again on the 26th of April. So in less uh... than a week, they will play. And that series will be in Cincinnati. Oh, boy. Uh, something tells me that the Cincinnati fans are going to let Luke Voigt hear it. Um, Put up your Dukes, Tommy Pham and Luke Voigt. Ring the bell. Let's go. Yeah. That, uh... That game is officially a uh, start on my calendar. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, that is must-see TV. Um, boy, though, uh, I do not envy the umpires in that game. They're going to have to keep a close eye on things because that could, uh, that could that could really get out of hand. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm not going to miss that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and we've talked about before how, uh, obviously baseball has changed. It's evolved, you know, because it has to, um, and just as kind of a parting shot on this one, uh, Tommy fam, if you think that was dirty AF, uh, you obviously never saw or took part in any of the brutal collisions, the bone crunching collisions at home plate that used to go on, um, which really don't anymore because MLB cracked down because so many guys were getting hurt. But I remember players coming down that third baseline uh, runners coming down the third baseline with one thing on their mind, and that was to absolutely knock the catcher's block off. Um, Carson, I mean, I think it's probably a good thing that doesn't that doesn't happen anymore. Or, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've learned so much more about uh, CTE and head injuries that um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's nice to uh, it's nice to see that that's being that's something that's being taken more seriously as we've learned more about it and what it does to the brain. Um, it's nice to see across, across sports, not just in baseball, but seeing, uh, seeing rules put into place to try and limit those head injuries and kind of those bang, bang plays as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Head injuries, any kind of head or brain injury, um, guy folks, that's, that's no joke. Um, I do, I'll be honest. 
I miss those plays, uh, especially when the Red Sox and Yankees would get together. There were some some pretty brutal collisions at home plate uh, that were always fun and often led to bench clearing. Uh, and um, if you're if you're new to the show, uh, you uh, what you, one thing you should know about me is I'm not. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the bench clearing brawls unless it's warranted and most of those home plate collisions uh were were good enough to set off uh some fireworks but um as much as I miss those moments I'm glad I'm glad uh like Carson said that uh head injuries and brain injuries are being taken more seriously so um yeah, tune in to that, uh, Carson. When did you say that Reds-Padres game was? Uh, the 26th, so next Tuesday. Okay, yeah. So tune into that because you know we will. Um, yeah, not going to miss that. Um, hopefully things don't get too out of control, but uh, that should be fun. Uh, all right, ladies and gents. Um, I hope you're sitting down, and I hope you have your – uh, favorite frosty beverage and salty snack candy because I'm about to go on a bit of a rant. It's rant time. It is rant time. Uh, we need one of those like wah, 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 wah sound effects here. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a bit personal for a moment. Um, so for anyone who who doesn't know, and I'm sure, oh, there probably aren't very many of you. Uh. Longtime Red Sox player and Red Sox broadcaster Jerry Remy uh, passed away um, before the season uh, after his, oh, Jesus, I think it was like this dude's like third, I think it was his third battle with cancer. Um, basically, he kept kicking, he kept kicking cancer's ass and cancer eventually got the better of him, unfortunately. And so uh, yesterday, well, so it's Friday for you. Uh, it's Thursday for us. So this happened on Wednesday. Um, wow. I feel like I'm in an episode of Dr. Who over here. Uh, <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, anyways, on Wednesday, uh, the Red Sox, uh, held a pregame ceremony and a tribute to Jerry Remy. Um, and they're of course, um, for anyone who doesn't know, they're, wearing uh, Jerry Remy's number two on a patch on their jerseys all season long. Um, whew, anywho, uh, so they held this really this really awesome and this really touching tribute to a man who uh, dedicated his life to the Red Sox and to baseball. And if, um, well, Red Sox fans will know what I'm talking about, but for those of you who aren't Red Sox fans, uh, Jerry Remy and Don Orsillo were the Red Sox uh, home team broadcasters on Nesson for Jesus. I think it might have it must have been about fifteen years. Uh, they were a dynamic duo, and they were they were amazing, and they really knew their stuff, and they were synonymous with Red Sox baseball for a long time. Um, and oh, probably about five or six years ago now, uh, the Red Sox front office, and by front office I mean John Henry. Um, who, you know, hey, thanks for signing. Thanks for opening your wallet and paying all these awesome players to come to Boston. But aside from that, uh, quite frankly, he can go fuck himself. Um, he's just not a very likable guy. He's very loathsome. Uh, anyways, uh, 
unceremoniously fired Don Orsillo, who is now uh, who's now a broadcaster with the San Diego Padres. Um, so John Henry fires Don Orsillo, and then uh, the Red Sox front office approached Orsillo to record a video message for the tribute they did to Jerry Bemi. Um, because, uh, uh, Don Arcillo had a, well, he had to do a Padres game, so he couldn't be in Boston in person, unfortunately. So they ask him to record this video message and he does. And then at the very last minute, I mean, we're talking like 11th hour here, uh, somebody and my, I have my suspicions as to who, uh, <clears throat> Sam Kennedy, uh, who's the president of the Red Sox. Um, calls up Don Rosillo and said, basically says, ah, you know what? Never mind. We don't need your video tribute. Um, so imagine my surprise as I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed this morning and I see just these endless tweets about this thing. Um, this is, uh, this is fucking bullshit. Uh, first they fire Orsillo, uh, in which, by the way, uh, hundreds of thousands of Red Sox fans signed a petition at the time, basically telling the Red Sox ownership, uh, not to get, you know, to, to take Orsillo back and not get rid of him. Um, you know, cause that wasn't bad enough. And now, and now they pull this shit. Um, Carson, before I go too far off the rails here, uh, I, I want to, uh, if I want you to hop in here and and kind of offer your thoughts on this thing. Yeah, um, obviously I don't have as much of a a uh, connection to this as you do or as other Red Sox fans do. Um, right. And I don't really know the inner workings of the history with Orsillo and with uh, Nesson and with the front office. Um, but from from the outside looking in. This is not a good look at all for the Sox. Um, the The first statement I think that was initially put out basically said nothing. Um, uh-uh. There really wasn't an explanation for it or anything. It wasn't until a little bit later, I think, that there was another statement that they put out that kind of detailed a little bit more about the miscommunication. Uh, I don't uh-uh. have it in front of me, but... Um, but yeah, uh, basically, Sam Kennedy went on Boston Sports Talk Radio and uh, made some lame ass excuse uh, for this thing is what happened. OK, well, fair enough. Um, but but yeah, from a, from an outside point of view, this does not look like a good look. Uh, clearly, Don Orsillo knew uh, Remy very well and quite frankly, should have been a part of the ceremony in some way, shape or form. And uh, it's disappointing that. Uh, basically everybody just had to kind of read his thoughts on Twitter instead of seeing it as part of the ceremony. Um, yeah, this is, uh, for any non Red Sox fans, uh, and, and in case you guys are wondering why I'm so, uh, why I'm coming in so hot on this thing. Um, you've heard anyone who's listened to the show before, or if you're new, uh, you guys, I, there are just there are some things there are certain things that go beyond baseball they transcend baseball uh some things that it just doesn't matter it doesn't matter who your team is who your favorite team is if you're if you're a fan of a team or not a fan or 
you know, whatever. I mean, I even saw some some Yankees connected people uh, who are pretty disgusted by this whole thing. So that tells you all you need to know. When Red Sox and Yankee fans start agreeing on stuff, um, yeah, that's a sign of the apocalypse. Um, aside from being a just a really shitty thing to do, uh, and another, for those who don't know, who for those who aren't aware of the inner workings of the Red Sox front office and uh, John Henry, um, this is just another in a laundry list of really just... I'll just say it just really shitty things that John Henry and the Red Sox ownership have done. Um, even putting that aside, which is hard for me. Uh, the thing that really bothers me about this, the thing that really just makes me sick to my stomach is this is, this is an insult. This is a, this is an insult to the memory of Jerry Remy. Um, do yourself a, any non Sox fans out there, do yourself a favor, you know, take a minute, pause the, pause the podcast, take a minute, go on YouTube, look up, you know, Jerry Remy's highlights. Um, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, this is an insult to his memory. Uh, and it just, it, it, it kills me and it makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. Um, because you damn well know that Jerry Remy would have wanted uh, his longtime broadcast partner. And let's, let's be honest. I mean, these guys were like the best of friends, you know, Jerry Remy would have wanted Donner Silla to be part of this thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty shaken up by this thing. Um, And not surprisingly, uh, John Henry, also owner of the Boston Globe, um, and uh, after reading this, after reading the news this morning, uh, the next thing I came across was a uh, <laughs> was a a tweet from uh, a certain Boston Globe reporter who I'm going to call out by name because. Um, for fuck's sake, get some to have some integrity. Uh, Chad Finn of the Boston Globe uh, tweeted and said that this was quote unquote the right move by the Red Sox. Um, I'm sorry, but in what goddamn universe is this the right thing to do? Um, however, not surprised that Finn defended, uh, defended the Red Sox owner. Uh, since the Red Sox owner also owns the Boston Globe. So he's basically John Henry's puppet. Um, so Chad, uh, wondering what it feels like to have John Henry's hand up your ass. Um, yeah, I, whew. yep. Uh, there I go again, turning up the heat. Um, in fact, uh, Chad Finn, if you're listening to this, uh, I would like to personally challenge you to a live to a debate on the podcast. Um, so, you know, hey, do with that what you will. Um, Carson, any any other uh, outsider thoughts on this thing? Um, um, I mean, I think you basically kind of uh, First of all, that ramp might be an all-timer. Like, bookmark that for uh, best of the eighth <laughs> inning stretch 
edition number two. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, but I yeah. did also, um, if it's okay, I found a statement that was posted on Twitter by uh, Pam Ken, who is the senior vice president. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't know, yes. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, no, I have not. So go yeah. ahead and share oh, I'll, that. I'll go ahead and read it out here. Um, so uh, Pam Ken says, and I quote, I loved Jerry Remy. We all did. All we cared about leading into last night was making this ceremony a heartfelt and loving tribute to him, something his family could be proud of, something that captured who he was and what he meant to Red Sox fans everywhere. And in that planning, the very first phone call we made was to invite Don Orsillo to attend. The first phone call. Because you do not recognize the career of Jerry Remy without Don Orsillo. Unfortunately, he didn't come. As the ceremony was coming together and the pieces were falling into place, we thought video messages might not fit. In retrospect, maybe we should have had him record something to see where it could fall. As time ran out, we did not ask him for a video, and he didn't record or send one. There was never any intent to leave him out of our tribute. When I spoke with him, I thought he knew that. Perhaps I did not make that clear. I still thought we pulled together an amazing group of people who span his playing career and broadcast <laughs> career. I was so proud of what we did, and I know re that Rem would have loved it too, end quote. So that is a statement again from uh, Pam Ken, who is the senior vice president of the Red Sox. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and call bullshit. Uh, <laughs> well, and you and I were talking, I don't remember if we've brought it up already, if it were, or if it was uh, part of our conversation off air that, um, Sam Kennedy had basically gone on to a Boston radio station and said that there were no regrets about, yeah, basically, yeah. Solo out. So something, something's not adding up here. No. Um, and if that doesn't sound like a goddamn prepared statement, uh, probably written by John Henry himself. Um, that's just absolute bullshit. Video messages didn't fit in with the, come on in no, in no way. And in no universe, do they have anything to be proud of for that so-called tribute they put together for Jerry Remy? Uh, and I'm willing to bet that Jerry Remy's family was pretty pissed too. Uh, so, I mean, the whole thing is just a hot mess. It's a disgrace to Jerry Remy's memory. And uh, as far as John Henry and Pam Ken and Sam Kennedy and anyone else who had a hand in this ridiculousness, uh, hell, we'll throw Chad Finn in there while we're at it. Um, I would just like to say the following. Um, fuck and you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I'm not gonna, I could go on all night about this. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to, but, uh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, that's how I feel about this. Um, and anyone who's, who's listened to us before, or, you know, if you're a first time listener, welcome. Um, this is what we do. We get real. Uh, it's right in our, it's right in our intro, uh, unfiltered, unscripted. And sometimes uncensored, um, because uh, I am certainly not shy about dropping the occasional f bomb. Um, <laughs> so, 
uh, yeah, we don't we don't hold back. No holds barred. Um, okay, yeah, that that's that's enough for that uh, for now. Uh, let's move on to parting thoughts uh, as we wind down here. Uh, Carson, some must-watch games this weekend. Um, we got the Guardians and the Yankees. Uh, that should be that should be pretty entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jose Ramirez has been absolutely on fire to start this season for the Guardians. Uh, mm-hmm. the the Yankees are, well, the the Yankees. So you know they've obviously got quite a bit of. Quite a bit of star power themselves. A little bit of a slow start to the season. Only it's sitting at seven and six. Um, mm. The Guardians currently lead the AL Central, by the way, at seven and five. Um, so yeah, that should be a very interesting series uh, to see Jose Ramirez, who again absolutely on fire right now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Jose Ramirez is the hottest player in baseball right now. Um simple as that uh and uh in case you guys missed it earlier we were talking about our way 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 too early al cy young conversation uh well i'm gonna go ahead and put jose ramirez in the way 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 too early uh american league mvp conversation um because he's just that good uh other series and games coming up this weekend my red Sox head down to tampa uh, to the second worst stadium in Major League Baseball, Tropicana Field. Uh, both teams kind of stumbling out of the blocks a little bit, Carson. Yeah, the they're struggling a little bit. Tampa Bay also sitting at seven and six. The Red Sox currently sitting at under five hundred, at six and seven. Uh, Tampa Bay currently on a two-game winning streak. Red Sox currently on a two-game losing streak. So, uh, it'll. Battle of the battle of the streaks on Friday to to see whose streak breaks first. Yep, something's got to give. Um, boy, I just hope the Red Sox can uh, can start swinging the bats because um, they have way too much talent in that lineup to to not score runs the way they have. Uh, and last but not least, our must-watch weekend games: uh, the Dodgers. Headed to San Diego to visit the Padres. Carson, uh, little early season NL West clash. Yeah, the battle, the battle of our uh, NL West winners this. Oh yeah, this weekend. Uh, Dodgers, uh-huh. as predicted by many, including myself, nine and three, yeah. off to a great start in the uh, NL West. But look out for the Padres. You know they're coming into this game on a four-game winning streak, sitting at nine and five. You know, coming into this game on a four-game winning streak, you know, it's still a very talented team without Fernando Tatis. And obviously, you know that the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Uh, so that, should, yeah. that should be a, a very interesting series to watch and could very well be a, a series to uh, see who could potentially take the uh, NL West later on down the line. Yeah, uh, pretty damn impressive that the Padres are playing as well as they are without Tatis. Um, Absolutely. And in case y'all missed it, uh, the Padres are my NL, my National League champion pick. Um, and yeah, I don't even have the Dodgers going to the NLCS. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, but that, honestly, the Dodgers-Padres series, that's my must-watch Um that's that's going to be at the top of my watch list this weekend. 
should be a lot of fun. Uh, Carson, any any parting thoughts, overreactions, etc. before we before we wrap? I guess my my biggest uh, I'll I'll kind of start with my overreaction first. Um, I am very worried about my twins right now. Uh, they are sitting at five and eight, worst in the NL Central. Um, I think a lot of the a lot of the concerns have kind of started to come to fruition. Um, I do not think I would have had to been concerned about the offense, but that has been a major concern. Miguel Sano has started off like Miguel's only Miguel Sano could. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, his home run in the Red Sox series was his first hit of the season after starting 0 for 19 with nine strikeouts. Um, so my overreaction uh, this week is probably one of the hottest takes that I have ever ever put out on this show the minnesota twins will deal carlos correa by the trade deadline oh snap wow uh that is a scorching hot take um could i give a little bit of a wow so uh I'll, i'll explain a little bit of my reasoning behind this um for, for those who may not know, Carlos Correa's contract does give him an opt-out after the first year. Um, and based on the way that things are heading... Now, granted, again, we are very early in the season. This, this is an overreaction for a very good reason. Um, but based on the way things are heading, I think that if by the trade deadline the Twins aren't in competition they should trade Carlos Correa and get something back for him instead of potentially having him walk away after the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. Cause they don't want to be left. They don't want to be left empty handed. Like some of these other teams that let their, you know, big name players walk. Uh, yeah, that is a scorching hot take and a, well, I don't know. I mean, it might. Hopefully, it proves to be an overreaction. God, but, I hope uh, so. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, well, since I already uh, went on a lengthy rant about uh, the assholes who run my beloved Red Sox and their uh, the way they completely insulted the memory of a great man. Um, Although, to be fair, that was not an overreaction. Not even by, if anything, that was an underreaction. Um, overreactions? Um, you know, looking at the... I've, I've been keeping an eye on the standings, obviously. Uh, I would... My overreaction? Uh, the defending World, Champion, World Series champion Atlanta Braves will not make the playoffs. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, that might not be a, a huge overreaction. No, no, it might not be. Um, again, uh, we say it all the time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. 162 games is a long, that's a long, long, long season. Right. We're still very early. It's only April, but I gotta be honest. I, the Braves, the Braves just don't look themselves. And I don't know whether it's a, you know, a championship hangover or uh i mean obviously 
losing a player of the caliber of Freddie Freeman, you know, you can't replace a Freddie Freeman, obviously. Um, and I, I honestly, I think it might be a bit of both. I think it's a combination of both. Um, cause we see it all the time in baseball and well, I mean, not so much in baseball, but it's more, it's more common in the other major sports, especially the NFL. You hear talk about like the Super Bowl hangover. Um, and I think, uh, the Braves are going through a little bit of that and they're trying to adjust to life without Freddie Freeman. And so, yeah. Um, well, and let's not. Let's this, not forget too. They also lost Jorge Soler, who was a huge contributor during that postseason yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're definitely adjusting to life uh, without some of their star players. Um, so, my overreaction this week is that the Atlanta Braves will not make the playoffs, um, not even as a wild card. Oof, I know. Um, well, and that, ladies and gentlemen, brings another. Uh, brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the eighth inning stretch. Uh, Carson, my man, you are off uh, this coming Sunday. Um, so uh, Carson will be enjoying some family time. Uh, so sorry, everybody. You're stuck with me on Sunday uh, or on Monday's episode. Um, a thousand apologies. You're stuck with me solo. Um- on that topic, if I could uh, interject for a second, uh, yes, obviously sir. everybody, you know, it's it's a little bit different with with just ha- having uh, AJ on the show. But uh, please make sure you you show him some love for that Monday episode. Um, it's very difficult to do podcast episodes and things like that by yourself. So uh, please, you know, uh, make sure you show AJ some love for that Monday episode. I know he's going to have a great a great uh, episode lined up with with uh, all the news that's going to be happening from the series this weekend. So please make sure you show my man some love for that Monday episode. I know I'll be tuning in. I know it's going to be a great. All right. All right. All right. Stop (laughs) it. I'm getting misty over here. (laughs) You're making me misty. Stop it. Uh, No, seriously. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, man. That means a lot. Um, Yes. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know, doing a podcast by yourself uh especially well i mean it works for certain formats uh doing a sports podcast by yourself uh yeah it's not easy um and if you don't believe me just go back and listen to the first few episodes uh of the eighth inning stretch before carson came up for it and you'll uh (laughs) boy those are rough um, even I have a hard time listening to them. Uh, yeah, no, it's all joking aside though. It's really, it's, it's a bit of a challenge to do an episode solo. Um, but, uh, I would obviously much rather do an episode solo than not do an episode at all for you guys. So, um, Monday I'll be Monday's episode. I'll be flying solo. And, uh, yes, as Carson so eloquently put it, I'll have a, just a, I'll have a shit ton of, of awesome stuff for you guys. Because I'm sure there'll be no shortage of uh, no shortage of stories from the weekend. Um, so that's that's that out of the way. Um, as always, thank you everybody ever so much for listening. Again, apologies uh, for anyone who tuned in hoping to catch our interview with George Scott. Um, ran into some technical difficulties. Uh, have no fear, though. We are going to have him on uh on an upcoming episode so uh all is not lost 
Uh, if you're looking for the latest updates and the latest stuff from us, you can follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod. Um, and why would you not want to, uh, also be sure and check out our website, uh, eighth inning stretch slash podcast. Uh, surf on over there. You can check out Carson and I's awesome bio pages, and you can also listen to the show there. Uh, of course, you can also always listen to the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, a shout out to our awesome sponsors over at Printer Dudes. Uh, seriously, guys, do yourselves a favor. Go check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com. They have just a ridiculous range of uh, awesome 3D printed collectibles, uh, dinosaurs, ducks, dragons, and everything in between. Um, that's Printer Dudes, D O O D S printerdudes.etsy.com and as a way to say thank you for being a fan of the show you can use promo code uh home run that's one word no space promo code home run uh and save 10 percent off your order Woo! that was a mouthful um and that's it everybody um sorry for anything we messed up we'll try to do better next time hope uh, all of you have a fantastic weekend and I will see you guys on Monday. Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Thanks for tuning in for all the latest updates. Follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning stretch dot slash podcast.